Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. This, like, exact day, October 3rd of uh, 2004. Anybody, the Bassets were there? Anybody else there? Oh, yeah. Um, it's good to have Dolores back, by the way, Dolores. Thank you for... COVID tried to take her on, and he, and he didn't realize he was messing with a girl from Texas. <laughs> Amen? She just said, well, I won't say what she said, but, I mean, she just took it on, and so it's good to see. Yes, Dolores. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I bet you did. Wow, that was not scripted, so very nice. So, um, We were at Westview High School in the gymnasium, the, no, in the, audit, in the cafeteria. We switched a month later because it was all brick. Like, and we're trying to do live sound with an all brick cafeteria, and it was just, burr, burr, just echoing off every wall. And so we, instead, we went to this auditorium that sat 800 people, but we only had like 75 and I don't care what I, it was in one of those stadium type of things. And I was about, it was a good four or five feet. I'm standing above the people. Then you put my height. And it was one of those stadium things that goes up like this. I felt like already like this big monster, like, you know, talking to people. And then we just couldn't get people to sit forward. I don't care what we tried. We put up curtains. And they'd sit behind the curtains because you could see, <laughs> like, we're like, come in front of the curtains. People, but anyway, it was a humble beginning. And um, today also we're um, starting our missions month, and so every Sunday we're going we're gonna to listen to hear some of the missionaries that we support, but we're going to have snacks of that country in the back table. So today we got some little Japanese snacks there, and I know what you're thinking, is that really what they eat for snacks? And these are, but um, many of you know my son-in-law is Japanese, and we were there last April to see our next grandson born, and I have a five-year-old granddaughter we had a special visa but the, for the seven days they let us out of the house we went to the beach and we're coming back from the beach and there's this vendor who set up his little table and he's selling uh, fish like fresh fish stuff like that and so my granddaughter sees this one item and she go she starts like like your kids do when you go to like 7-eleven or something like that or turkey you're like give me can i have some gummy worms or can i have some goldfish you know how they like want their snacks and the five-year-olds so she's begging for this thing and it was like gummy worms and and goldfish but they were real (laughs) like this (laughs) embryo of some type of fish and they're like all these little embryos and they put them in and pack them in and they put them this little thing and she's like can i can i can i can i i'm like what what is wrong with this kid This is, not, this is not the American jumping out of this child right now. So, and then we get home, and they snack on seaweed packets. Like, so we, we went with, like, the real, like, the good stuff. So there's some salty. 
there's some sweet, grab some snacks on the way out. We're going to talk about Japan. We're also going to have a video um, right now from Floyd, um, I'm sorry, Sally McClung. Some of you know that Floyd passed this last summer after five years of dealing with a debilitating illness. But we've been sponsoring All Nations for probably 15 years, and they have a great ministry. But I've asked each of our missionaries, you're going to see in the next couple weeks, if they would just share what's going on and then pray a prayer blessing over our congregation. So the first one is uh, Sally McClung from South Africa. Good morning. Greetings from Cape Town, South Africa. My name is Sally McClung, and it's lovely to be with you this morning at Streams Church. I think most of you would be more familiar with my husband Floyd's face than mine, because he was the one that was usually speaking at your church. I was there, but usually in the background. I don't know if you're aware that Floyd had been sick for a number of years and he passed away this last May. We are so grateful that we've had the, the link with your church and we appreciated your prayers and love and encouragement during the time he was sick. Floyd and I started a ministry called All Nations in 1993. We now have workers in over 40 countries. We have several hundred workers. And one of the things Floyd had on his heart was to reach what he said would, were the neglected of the world, the least, the last, and the lost. And that's what our workers are doing around the world in all nations. I thank you so much for your partnership with us over the years, your love, your prayers, your financial giving, has been such a blessing to us. Thank you for believing in us and standing with us in going to the nations with the gospel message. During the time that Floyd was sick, I had a prayer that I prayed almost daily. In fact, I remember back when your pastor Lloyd came to, to visit Floyd in the hospital, which was such an encouragement. I remember around that time starting to pray this prayer. It's a simple one. I asked the Lord to help me, to fill me with his peace, and to show me his way. And as you are having your missions month, when you're looking out at the world and all that's happening, I would like to pray that prayer of blessing over you today. So would you join me while I pray? Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, your faithfulness, and your wonderful promises to us. No matter what is happening around us, you are always with us. And I want to pray a blessing for the congregation at Streams Church today. I pray, Lord, that you would help them in whatever they are facing. I pray that you would fill them with your precious peace. And I pray that you would show them the way forward in all of the things that they're facing in their lives. We live in kind of a crazy world these days, but you are faithful, so very, very faithful to us. And I bless my dear brothers and sisters at Streams Church today. Amen. Thank you and bless you each one. 
Floyd and Sally are really a father and mother to this movement, and uh, if you've been around long enough, you've got to meet them. It's uh, You had the joy of just meeting probably, um, in my opinion, the man that I would consider the closest I've ever seen that would be like Jesus walking this earth. And I've had the privilege of um, traveling with them, ministering with them, and it's radically changed my, my life. It's changed this church. Um, and one of the things that we do when you see the missionaries that we support we're very relational. That's one of our keys is we want to we be in a relationship with people that we support. We want to support them well, not like here's 50 different missionaries. Like we're in relationship. We support you well. And then we want them to have a very relational um, outreach ministry. And, and that's part of our value system like we have it here at Streams Church. And she said something, and we're going to talk about this every week. God loves this type of a certain segment of people, but she said that their mission was to reach the least, the last, and the lost. And today I want to talk to you about the fact that God loves the lost. And in our Western sort of prosperity-motivated preaching, we forgot the theology of the lost. <laughs> um, and we used to say this, I was lost and now I'm found. I was blind and now I see. I was walking in the darkness, and now I'm walking in the light. I think that song, the hymn we sang, so, so, so fit. And now we say Jesus can make your life better. He can make your health better. He can make your wealth better. He has a divine destiny for you. But the Bible says this, without Christ, you are lost. You're just lost. It doesn't matter how good or bad or wealthy or poor, how in shape you are, out of shape you are, Pretty, not so pretty, intelligent, not so good at math. Without Christ, you're lost. And we need to get that in our heads. It doesn't matter. The Bible says it this way in Romans chapter 3, verse 10. It said, as it is written, there's no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who, who seeks God. All have turned away. They have become Together worthless, there's no one that does good, not even one. And, and then in verse 23, it says, then For all have sinned, and they fall short of the glory of God. And, and let me explain this a little bit. In theology, it's called the um, total depravity is what the, the word they use. And it asserts that people, as a result of the fall, that we're not inclined naturally within our sinful nature, we're not inclined uh, or even able to love God wholly, with our heart, mind, and strength, with better, we're inclined in our, in our nature to serve our own will, our own desires, and reject the obedience to his word. And that seems tough. That seems a bit dark at times. It seems unfair. But I would say this. If you remove God's grace from this earth, from our country, you, re you removed his hand of mercy, his hand of resistance when we don't get what we deserve, if you took that all the way, everything that the influence of Holy Spirit and God and his people and the word of God, you took that away. It would be total depravity. I mean, there would be no harness, no nothing that would hold us back. And the problem is no one we've been talking about this in the covenant. No one can keep the law because it says if you if you break one part of the law, you've broken the entire law. And in that sense, God cannot associate himself in any way because he's holy with sin so the problem is there and the problem it's it's a bit dark except for one reason <laughs> uh, romans three twenty three says for all of sin and fall short of the glory of god 
And I would say, but wait, there's more. Anybody know verse 24? Somebody goes, ah, verse 24. (laughs) All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. See, it's, it's only bad if you don't make a solution. An easy solution that everyone can get into. So God sees that we are lost. He has a zero tolerance of sin because he's holy. But he made a 100% solution for broken people that Christ can fix. And so the concept of being lost is a huge deal. But not if there's not a solution given. So it's such a big deal in scriptures that Luke, he devotes an entire chapter to this concept of lost even though he didn't know what a chapter was back then. He was just writing, on, writing everything together. Some, later, somebody put like all this into one chapter. But it's interesting because Jesus is such a big concept to Jesus that he's talking to people, and he uses three illustrations. Like, I want to make sure you really understand what I'm talking about. And so it's found in Luke chapter 15. We're going to go through the scriptures. I forgot my glasses, so I don't have my big word Bible because it's too heavy to carry on stage. So I'm going to read the screen. Everybody okay with that? (laughs) All right. It's my birthday. (laughs) It's our birthday. Tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. I'm not, I don't think anybody would have called me a notorious sinner before Christ. I don't think like, would you say, was P.L. a notorious, you know, sinner? Like, "Mm, not so much. Anybody out there say, yeah, I would have been categorized a notorious (laughs) sinner. Sinner, right? Yeah, of course, some of you, and some of you didn't raise your hand, and I know that's not true. And so, but here's, this is the point. This is the point of the message, right? One sin is enough to make you lost. And so Luke's making this point, and I love this concept because Luke wasn't there. So Luke is sitting there listening to people, maybe around a little fire ring, and they're going, remember that time that the Pharisees came to Jesus? And like he was with all these notorious sinners, he was with them, and he told story after, and they're just piping in on that moment. And Luke is just meticulous because he was a doctor, writing it all down. And so it says there were notorious sinners, and they often came, these notorious sinners, to listen to Jesus teach. It had to be so fresh and so new. I mean, from what they knew. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people and even eating with them. (laughs) So Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives... He will call together his friends and his neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Um, What an interesting story that Jesus is telling here. The Pharisees weren't notorious sinners in their mind, of course, right? They were religious and pious and lost as well. Um, And that's the point. 
that it doesn't take anything but one and it's lost. And it's not that the Pharisees didn't sin, but according to their assessment, they weren't notorious sinners. Like their sin, for some reason, is worse than others. Like, and there's this, there's this wrong concept that we have that for some reason, some people are lost more than others according to their sins. Like, like some people, eh, they're doing okay, but some people are really lost. And Jesus is trying to break that in our hearts and our minds and say these people are lost and, and God's calling them back. When we go to Japan, we went to Japan for the first time in 2005. The Japanese people are beautiful, wonderful people. Um, they're typically nonviolent. They culturally care for the group and for the elderly and their family members. They sacrifice. It's part of their thing for the good of others. They, they don't expect to get. They expect to give. And they're just wonderful people. When we were there, um, we took a team in 2011, two months after the great tsunami came and just wrecked the shore. And thousands of people in Japan lost their lives. And we took a team there, and it was um, me and my daughter, Brittany, and Rhino. Remember Ryan Norman? Anybody? Rhino went with us. Um, Jake Hopper went with us. Anybody else missing? I can't remember. Like that. We have a couple pictures. Here we are. And um, that's me with the Crocs. And that was a wall and the guns. The Crocs and the guns. That's me. And there was a wall that had been partially destroyed and, and filled with all this, uh, the debris that came in. We had to take that down there. We are going to rebuild that wall. And then the main thing that we did, we were about two miles in. That's where start, the houses started again. Like up to two miles, they were devastated. It looked like some type of, you've seen the scenes after the atomic bomb hit, that's what it looked like. It just was, they took us from ground zero and brought us all the way back two miles. But in the gutters, that's their gutter system, were sludge. They were oil from the tankers that had been turned over. They were dead fish. There were items to, of people. Uh, you found pictures. I was at one house, and we were cleaning up the debris. There was a car that was turned upside down it was sticking in their backyard against the fence and um, I'm cleaning out their house and you could see the water line and it was just above the clock and the clock had stopped dead because it has a battery and the water hit it on the time that the water hit that house and I'm sitting there we're picking up the debris and all of a sudden I come through a family album that I'm picking up these people have not returned but we're still getting the pictures and trying to make sure just in case they're, they're keeping that for the people there. And so we're there, and as we're doing this work, the gratitude was, like, overwhelming. Like, people, if we went by their house, had food for us. Come in, please, stop your work and eat. And, and we'd sit down, and we'd eat, and they would tell us their story of how they survived or family members that hadn't. And uh, we found a little boy that, um, some reason, they were in their house, got to the second store, but basically almost his whole uh, kindergarten got wiped out. Um, children. I mean, the children lost their lives. And so we just took one kid and said, you're going to play with him for the next three days, right? We're going to swap in kids and just be his friend for three days. And so we were there. And then, but the gratitude, they would go down, people would go down to the convenience store and come back and give us all ice creams. That's what we're working, right? We're eating ice creams. And then as we're leaving, we want to go to a Japanese professional baseball game. We show up and it's packed out. So we're standing room only against the fence looking out, and the people, somebody had broken English, a little broken English, said, why are you here? What are you doing here, right? We told them we were just up north in Tohoku um, helping. 
And they all stood up and they moved out of their seats and said, you must sit here, right? You must sit here. And knowing the Japanese culture, I knew that it would be a great shame if we didn't take that place. But I'm sitting there and we're, we're going to this nation we've gone several times that we support. And less than 1% of these people have ever really know or really have heard a, a true gospel message about Jesus. And it breaks your heart. And so we go to, I always take a team, not this time, but we usually go to Shibuya Crossing. And this is, of course, pre-COVID. Shibuya Crossing has like six crosswalks there. And uh, at any time that they turn on the little walk sign, up to 3,000 people at one time cross this crossing. So we did two things. First of all, we played a game, because it's me. And you had to go from one side to the other side without touching a person. And the first one there got a prize, right? And so, like, you had to, like, we, we move through. And <laughs> so that was fun. But see where the glasses are? That there's, there's a Starbucks there in the second story over there. And I would take the kids up there and I'd say, now watch this. And we would watch several times as they would go. i go, now think about this. Less than 1%. Right? And the Bible says they just don't know they're lost. They need to hear the gospel message that Jesus loves them. And they're wonderful people, but they don't know. They haven't heard. Um, in the story, Jesus says that the, the really good shepherd makes a really bad business decision. He leaves 99 <laughs> of his sheep to go find the one that's wandered off and lost. And uh, the question may be, well, what happens if why he's gathering that one and brings it back? Another one wanders off. Anybody know the answer? He, he gets that one, doesn't he? And he does it over and over and over and over again. It doesn't matter. He always will leave the 99 to find the one. And I'm so glad that day that, that you know, he found me. He came after me. And it says, when he retrieves the one, all of heaven rejoices. Right. So the next story goes on. In case you didn't get it, he's like, in case you didn't get that story, here's another one. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and she loses one. So you got to think, this is, this is worth a lot. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, there's joy in the presence of God, even when sinners repent. And she said, you know, if you had, I mean, if you lost a quarter in the cushion, no biggie. But if you lost a $100 bill, like, you'd be calling in all your family members, like, search everywhere. Like, I, lost, I had a $100 bill in my pocket. I can't find it. Is it in the wash? Where is it? And you'd search the whole house. And then when you find the $100 bill, everybody gets excited, right? And I think you should go and get ice cream at that time or something like that with the $100 bill, right? You should rejoice in the fact. And you'll tell the story to somebody else. You go, hey, you know, I lost this $100 bill, and then I found it. And so Jesus is saying is that, that when we lost the one coin, that he goes and finds it because it's lost. And when it's, when it's found, all of heaven um, rejoices with him. Um, and then we have one last story. You'll know this one really, really well. Um, so Jesus said, in case you didn't get that, let me tell you another one. To further illustrate the point, <laughs> he 
<laughs> That's great. I love that. Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. And the younger son told his father, I want my share of my estate before you die. <laughs> it's my money, and I want it now. You know, it's just as before. <laughs> what was his name, J.G. Wentworth or something like that? <laughs> yeah, it's my money, and I want it now. <laughs> if you have a structured settlement, you know, <laughs> call J.G. Wentworth. 877-CASH-NOW. 877-CASH-NOW. <laughs> You know, you're going to pay like 7 to 29% for getting your money early, but he wants his money before he dies. So his father agreed to divide his um, wealth between his sons. And a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. He was a notorious sinner, I think, at that point. Um, going on. Verse 14 said, about this time his money ran out, a great famine had swept over the land. He began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, the pigs looked good to him. I used to have pigs. I used to show pigs in 4-H, and uh, I never tried it, the pig's food. But I wasn't hungry. But no one gave him anything. And when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as a hired servant. I, I believe with all my heart that we've had a unique response right now. There's been sort of this unique thing that's happened to our land, our world. Um, there was a great famine there, and things changed. There's been a, a, a great disturbance in our world here, and we've seen those who maybe have, have walked away. And I was reading this scripture, just something just spoke to my heart, that there will be a day that those who have walked away from faith will come to their senses Right? They will come to their senses, and when they do, they will come running back into the arms of the Father, and this is what the Father's response will be. So he returned home to his Father, and while he was still a long way out, his Father saw him coming. Don't you think the Father was looking sort of every day in anticipation, like just waiting? Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with the feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So let, I like this version, so let the party begin. And the heart of the father, when the lost come home and he sees them, the lost become found, there's a party. When he finds the lost sheep, there's a party. When he finds the lost coin, there's a party. When he finds the lost son, there's a mega party. But not everyone was happy. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of his servants, what's going on? 
your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. And the older brother was angry, and he wouldn't go in. And his father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you, and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. I mean, there, I, it's a bit understandable if you've been the faithful son, you've been there the whole time. Um, and maybe it makes sense as a brother. Like, if you're, if you're a brother, it's like, do I have to give up your room? Do you get your room back? I mean, like, there's all kinds of thoughts. But that's not the response of a father. Brothers are like, you know, I didn't get to party. And fathers are like, we're throwing a big party. And not everyone understands the concept of the difference between when a soul is lost and a soul is found and the rejoicing that goes on. Um, we had actually, this was years ago when we first started supporting Japan, we had an older gentleman at church. And we have, we have a great relationship, and he's a, he's a great guy. Um, but he eventually left the church, and one of the reasons he gave me um, was because we, we were involved in a mission in Jap Japan. And, and he was a young child when Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. So he got to see the ramifications of that. And so he goes, I can't believe we're going over there and spending this money and doing missions after all they did when they bombed Pearl Harbor. And uh, being a little snarky like I am, I said, I'm pretty sure we got even when we bombed Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure we can let that one go, you know, and release that. And he just he goes, yeah. But he had this, this bent. He wasn't happy, right? He wasn't happy that we were there presenting the gospel to people who are lost. Um, I was listening to or reading a book by David Platt. I love David Platt. He's a great author. And one of his books, he talks about this Japanese missionary was at a church. They were in the United States. He was raising support for his missions. So he was on his one-year furlough to go raise support in churches. And uh, he gave his speech, told his stories. And the pastor got up and said, listen, if you don't support him financially, I'm going to ask the Lord to send your daughter or your son to Japan as a missionary. And I read that, and I'm like, that's a real insult to me right now. Like, for some reason, I got the short end of the stick because my daughter at 18 decided to go to Japan and be a missionary. Like, how dare you <laughs> devalue the calling that these people have in their lives? Because they have a passion to see these wonderful, beautiful people know about Jesus. And so the older brother doesn't really get it, Right? And usually when people say to me, like, why are we going? Why are we doing all that? There's so much need in the United States. Again, I'm a little snarky. I say, you know, if you'll let me see your monthly checking statement, I will find enough room to do both. And usually if I ask them, well, how much are you giving to local stuff? It's not much. And um, because people who, who give generously and abundantly don't usually, they give. Um, and the truth of the matter is, is there is a lot of need here. But there's a lot of need in Haiti, too, where they don't have a government that can help support them for their health and their food like we have here. So both are good. I'm not saying one is bad. But the brother wasn't excited about the mission or the, brother, the son coming back. And in verses 31 through 32, this is what he forgot. His father said to him, Look, dear son, 
You've always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And what he said to him is, listen, you forgot, you still have your inheritance. Like, this I have right now, I split it in half, but this part that I have right now, it's still yours. It didn't go away. And I think one of the things, like, there's a, there's a story that Jesus set, tells a, a parable about this guy who hires a worker in the early day, and he says, I'm going to pay you, um, for the sake of our, our conversation, I'm going to pay you $100 for the day. The guy goes, okay. Then, like, one hour before the end of the day, he goes and brings in another worker that gets the same amount of money. So the guy that's been working all day is like, what's up with that? Like, I've been working all day. And Jesus said in the story, that he says, I promise you, what you're going to get, and I promise. What is that to you? And I truly believe this in my heart. I believe in eternal rewards. And I believe the, the brother forgot that. He forgot that he had his rewards still. Right? And I don't know what that looks like in heaven, I, but it's, Scripture makes a big deal about it. So as I serve faithfully, 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 even when somebody comes to faith on their deathbed, there is joy in heaven and joy in my heart. And, and I get to spend eternity with them. We first met Daisuke in 2005. And we went over there on a mission. It was our first mission to Japan. And soon after that, he and his, his wife, Cheryl, she's from San Francisco. She's Chinese. They're a wonderful couple that serve as Young Life missionaries in Chiba, Japan. They bring homestay students to our church every year um, in February, March. And some of you have hosted these students. It's a very, it's a wonderful, powerful time. And it's changed our lives and our kids' lives. So they come for about a week and a half here, maybe. And they do the Grand Canyon and stuff like that. So we've been doing this exchange where they bring people. We go there and do a mission trip. Then they'll bring some people. And of course, two years ago, actually two years ago, they were in the States when COVID sort of broke out. And they had to, they barely got back to Japan. But last year we couldn't do it, of course. But they have a very relational ministry, and we've been partnering with them. Um, and I pray in 2022 we get to do a homestay. If we get to do that, please consider that. It's just a, it's a 10-day thing, and it's, it's really powerful. So I asked Daisuke um, to share with us two to three minutes, and before I play it, he shared five and a half minutes. I thought about cutting it. But two things. English is not his first language. It's actually his third. He speaks Spanish as well. So anytime you go, wow, like, yeah, he speaks three languages, so just so you know. And then I asked him to pray for us, and, and Daisuke prays. Like, he's a prayer warrior. So he's going to pray for us in his native tongue. So you won't understand it, but I hope you feel the presence of what he's going to do. So here's Daisuke from Chiba, Japan, one of our missionaries. Hello, Stream Church. Hi, Daisuke. My name is Daisuke Yekigami. I'm doing Young Life Ministry in Chiba, Japan. Young Life Japan is the ministry reaching out to the university students. We build a relationship and trust with the students at where they are and deliver the gospel of Jesus through the relationship and trust that we established. We do ministry at the International Budo University in Katsura City. We have many activities to build a relationship with their students, such as free lunch program, English tutoring at the school cafeteria, weekly Bible study, home church fellowship, monthly Young Life Club, 
and spring homestay program to America. Also, me and my wife, Cheryl, are working at the university as a part-time English teacher. So we can meet many students through our classes. But in 2020, after COVID-19 hit, we couldn't do most of our outreaching activities because all the activities are based on meeting in person. So there is no choice to suspend our ministry activities. Also, the university switched to online classes from face-to-face -face class. And also, school cafeteria was closed. COVID-19 affected not only our ministry activity physically, but also mentally. Because all our activities suspended, we were anxious about how we can maintain our relationship with the student and meet the new students. Now, I am looking back COVID-19 situation in 2020. I can say not only negativity coming out from it. Through the situation, God taught us how we can be more creative in the ministry. Even though all the opportunities to meet a new students were closed by the grace of God, we could meet many different students in last year. In 2021, the university had finished the first semester with the online style class and the school will start with online class as well. We are still seeking the way how we can build a relationship with students and meet the new students. So please pray for us. God will provide opportunity to meet new students and, and enable us to share the gospel to them. And pray for salvation for the young generation and they get to know who Jesus is. And they will become the new generation leader in my country. We are praying for God will raise the national worker who work with Young Life and expanding our work in Japan. Thank you for your support and prayer for us. Without your prayers and support, we couldn't make it this far and keep doing what we do. We really appreciate your support from bottom of our heart. In the end, I like to pray for stream church in my native language. Let's pray.愛するどうぞ今立てられている一人一人のリーダーをお祈りします。特にロイド牧師、ジュディの上に主よあなたの豊かな恵みがありますように。そしてロイド牧師の手術のことも、あなたが大いに取り計らってくださいますように。主よどうぞ
そしてその地域にいる人々にまたそこから全世界へとあなたの福音また弟子たちを作るそのような素晴らしい神様に用いられた場所となりますように主の霊がいつもストリーム教会のその中心にあってください指導者たちまた集まる者たちのその中心にあってくださいますように心からお祈りします主の豊かな恵みまた憐れみそして神の交わりがキリス,、えー、ストリーム教会の上に豊かにありますようにすべてを心からあなたに期待し私たちが愛してやまない尊き主イエスキリストの皆によって見舞いにお捧げします We pray Jesus name Amen God bless you